we remember that God's Spirit draws us together, draws us together into this moment, joining our hearts in love and prayer. We carry a lot through this time. We carry a lot through this week. Um, we carry a lot during this pandemic. So I invite you to take a breath in and out and imagine setting all those burdens down for this moment, knowing that they are held in God's love, knowing that the community that surrounds us holds us and holds the things that we carry throughout the week. May we feel God's love and the love of community in this time. We are still celebrating the season of Christmas even as stores put on their sales of all their Christmas decorations or hide them away for another year. Perfect hymn for right before, perfect carol for right before um, our worship today, the 12 days of Christmas. A couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, um, my wife and I were listening to the radio and of course we had the all Christmas songs radio station on from Kitchener. And um, Bob and Doug's McKenzie's The 12 Days of Christmas came on. Some of you may know that the SCTV characters who play the stereotypical Canadians. And, and it began with a conversation. And Jessica wasn't sure what we were listening to. And it was, well, what are the 12 days of Christmas? And they're guessing, well, there's New Year's, and there's Christmas Eve, and there's two Saturdays, Saturdays in there. So that's two of them. In the church, we celebrate the season of Christmas, 12 days to pause and reflect and celebrate Christ's birth, the days from Christmas Day until Epiphany this Thursday. And then we carry that good news throughout the whole year with us. May we celebrate Christ's birth today and always. A couple of announcements to share with you. It's with deep sadness that I share that Joe Lamont died this past week. We hold Joe in our, Joe's family in our prayers. We pray for Gloria. We pray for all who knew and loved him. Joe had been living with cancer for some time and he knew the time was coming and even though still, it is hard for all of us who, who cared for him. A, um, spring and a spring graveside service is being planned um, outside of Hanover and um, the, um, when the obituary is um, made available, we'll share it on our Facebook page and through our emails. Um, a reminder that with um, the increased cases of COVID-19 and the increased spreadability of the Omicron variant, um, we are pausing our in-person singing for now. Um, you are invited to listen to the music and allow the music to flow through you, to read the words of the hymns. Um, you can tap your feet if you want, you can clap if you want, you can move around if you want in your spot. Um, and I know it can be a long time to sit, so if you need to stand up and stretch at any time, please, please feel free to. Um, just stand up in your pew, you can move around. Um, I won't be shocked, no one else will be shocked if you need to move a bit. And today we hold in our um, prayers from the uh, Western Ontario Waterways Prayer Cycle, um, Thames Road, Elm, Elmvale Pastoral Charge.
And also one final announcement that um, if you were not able to be in person for our Christmas Eve service, that service is now on our YouTube page. You can find it by searching on YouTube for Grace United Church Hanover, and that will list um, all of our past services. And as we gather together, we remember that we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabewaki nations. We are gathered on the land covered by Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half. And in this season that celebrates love, relationship, and reconciliation, we pray that God may ever lead us to healing, to truth, to wholeness. And we join together in our call to worship and our opening prayer. Holy people, beloved of God, come. Come to follow the way prepared for you. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Once again, the earth is surprised at a manger as the glory of God transforms the commonplace. Let us go to Bethlehem to see what God has made known. Experience the wonder of God's ways. Kneel in awe before life newly born. Let us bring glory and praise to God for all that we have seen and heard. And friends, let us pray. Mysterious God, you come to us this season softly as a mother sigh, as startling as the cry of a newborn child. Come into our hearts, we pray, that we might be cradled in your love and stirred by your glory. We pray in the name of the one whose coming we celebrate, Jesus Christ, the Bethlehem baby. Amen. And may we hear how God is doing amazing things through our minute for mission, and may we hear how God's speaking life and meaning to us through our scripture reading. Our minute for mission this morning is entitled, The Wisdom of Thoughtful, Intentional Giving. Our Christian faith calls to us to think deeply about giving. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are the gifts the Magi presented to baby Jesus in Matthew's Christmas story. Each of these gifts was highly symbolic. In Jesus' day, gold was typically a gift given to kings or people of high class. Frankincense was burned during sacrifice offerings and worship services. Myrrh was used to embalm the bodies of those who died. The Magi recognized who Jesus was, important, worthy of worship, and someone who would pay the ultimate sacrifice. The gifts were given to honor him. Their gifts were thoughtful and intentional. While we may round up our tab at the cash register to give to a charity, our Christian faith also calls us to think deeply about giving. God calls us to discipleship, which means carrying out time to reflect sp spiritually on what we are able to give. When we reflect on generosity as part of our spiritual practice, our giving becomes even more deeply intentional and meaningful. And while it may be true that the people we support through mission and service need our generosity, we give as a way of honoring them. 
By working in partnership with trusted mission and service partners, we pay homage to, learn, and benefit from the resourcefulness, resilience, and giftedness of those receiving our financial support. As the old adage goes, giving is a two-way street. After the wise men encountered Jesus and laid their gifts before him, they weren't the same. The story goes that they went home by another road. In other words, their life took a new path. May we too be changed by our connection with the spirit of Jesus. And in 2022, may generosity set us all on an even deeper and more meaningful path. As always, thank you for your mission and service support. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from John 1, verses 1 to 18, the word of life. In the beginning, before the world was created, the word already existed. He was with God, and he was the same as God. From the very beginning, the word was with God. Through him, God made things. Not one thing in creation was made without him. The word was the source of life, and this life brought light to mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and that darkness has never put it out. God sent his messenger, a man named John, who came to tell people about the light, so that all should hear the message and believe. He himself was not the light. He came to tell about the light. This was the real light, the light that comes into the world and shines on all mankind. The word was in the world, and though God made the world through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own country, but his own people did not receive him. Some, however, did receive him and believed in him. So he gave them the right to become God's children. They did not become God's children by natural means, that is, by being born as the children of a human father, God himself was the father. The word became a human being and full of grace and truth lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory which he received as the father's only son. John spoke about him. He cried out, this is the one I was talking about when I said, he comes after me, but he is greater than I am because he existed before I was born. Out of the fullness of his grace, he blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. God gave the law, gave the law through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only son who is the same as God and is at the Father's side, he has made him known. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. I did forget one announcement, and, and as Marilyn was reading the minute for mission, I realized, Happy New Year. We enter this new year. I, 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 I know many of us are feeling all sorts. <laughs> got, got a cheer back there. Um, many of us are feeling different reactions to the new year. Some very happy the last year went, some grateful for 
the blessings that came last year, including vaccinations, and many of us holding hope for this new year. Um, it's also the beginning of a new month, so is there anybody who is celebrating a birthday or anniversary or other special occasion in January? If so, raise your hand, wave. Oh, we got one. Wonderful. We, we pray that it's a, it's a wonderful celebration for you. And, and Happy New Year. In the beginning was the word, the logos. May you hear the words of my mouth and listen to the meditations of my heart. And may God bless all of our reflecting. For me, worship includes the smell of candles, the taste of bread and juice, the sound of community chatting and praying together, the sight of, of bodies around. It's the sight of stained glass wood and stained glass wood and smiling faces. I learned at a young age to appreciate, to take in that worship is a sensory experience. For several years as a preteen, I was an altar server at the Anglican church where my father was a minister. My jobs included lighting the candles at the beginning of the service and extinguishing them at the end. I also mixed the wine and water that was used to serve our weekly communion and I was the one who got to lift the cup, the chalice, to people as they came for communion. Those formative years taught me to value, to pause and savor how much of our worship involves our senses. Our worship is an embodied act. Even while worshiping from home during this pandemic, as the service came on to TV, I would feel my body relaxing into worship allowing the music to resonate and flow through me, joining the prayers and hymns, taking in the sight on the screen and that was around me, and even my sensory memories coming alive of worship here and in all the places that have been holy space for me. Our worship is incarnational. It's embodied. The Gospel according to John tells of Christ's birth in a very different way than the gospel according to Matthew and Luke. Instead of angels and baby bumps and birthing, the gospel of John tells a cosmic story. In the beginning was the Word. Now to understand what is happening in the gospel of John's birth narrative, we need to understand a bit about Greek philosophy. I know I've shared this before. In Greek philosophy, which had its heyday before Jesus' birth, there was a debate about what is the essence of all things, what makes up our bodies, our lives, our world, all things. Some said it was earth, others fire, others water, others air. And still some others said it was logos, word, wisdom. The Gospel of John mixes this idea of essence with the Hebrew idea of God's word. In Genesis, God's spirit or breath hovers over creation and God speaks 
creation into being. God said, let there be light, and there was light, word giving life. In the beginning was the logos, the word, the essence, and the essence was with God and was God. All things came into being through it, and without it, nothing was. And the essence is the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. That's how John tells of Jesus' presence. It sounds very different than the Christmas stories of Jesus' birth that we are used to, that we listen to every Christmas Eve. In Jesus, God's light, the essence of all, is made known. These words from the Gospel according to John celebrate with what all the other birth stories of Jesus do. They celebrate incarnation. At Christmas, we celebrate incarnation. Now, there are many theological viewpoints about what exactly incarnation means, and people of faith have been trying to sort it out ever since people first felt the chill of the divine stirring in their spirits as they encountered Jesus. At its core, incarnation says that God, the divine, the essence of life, the holiness that creates and connects us, is encountered in Jesus. God is encountered in a baby born like so many other babies. A child who at times disappeared out of sight and caused his parents to panic when they can't see him. A young man who had dreamed so big that he had to go away from home so that they could be realized. A dreamer whose dreams were so were too shocking for some, so he was persecuted, a victim of fear and power and imperialism, one who breathed, moved, ate, and struggled, hurt, loved, and dreamed. God is made known in bone like our bone, flesh like our flesh, blood like our blood, and biology like our biology. The story, of course, continues beyond Christmas. The baby will be loved and cared for and grows up to teach others to love and to care for one another. Love God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. In this beautiful and vulnerable act of loving, Jesus shows us that God is at work bringing healing and wholeness to all creation. Incarnation is an act of love, and love is expansive, like light shining out into the darkness. Incarnation is a complex theology, but it is something that we shouldn't just talk about or think about or read about or debate about or set aside. Incarnation is to be encountered, and it is to be lived. It takes us out of our seats and out into the world, vibrating with joy, with good news to share. Many of us have experienced incarnation. We have experienced how God's love and presence are made known in creation's form. Many of us have held a baby and felt the absolute holiness of that moment wash over us, leaving us speechless. Many of us have embraced a friend, held a lover, placed our arms around a dying loved one, and felt our lips against their forehead, and it was as if the essence of life was vibrating extra strong in that moment. 
to many of us because of this pandemic, know how hard it can be when we have to remain separated and learned or relearned other ways to be close, to be connected while being physically distant. Many of us know what it is like to encounter God in the rush of the wind blowing against our cheek, the feeling of grass on our toes, the sound of birdsong, and the sight of sunsets. Many of us know what it is to encounter God through creation. So it's no wonder that the great symbol of incarnation is a baby laying in a manger, one who needs our love and nurturing, and one who unleashes our love. In response to incarnation, many early church preachers and leaders like Paul began to look at Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, and look around at the community gathered together and proclaimed that we, we are all pieces of the body of Christ. Together we are the body of Christ. We are the ones who are called to carry on the life and ministry of Christ right here. And right now, we are the ones who are called to embody God's love and God's justice. We are called by God to live the good news of incarnation, to embody it in our lives. The Christmas story of incarnation is proclaimed whenever we dare to encounter Christ in the love we share with others, in our lifting one another up, in our walking side by side towards justice, and in our work of reconciliation and healing. It is, a, it is strange to speak about incarnation when so much of our lives right now, especially with Omicron, is separate from one another, and we have to love one another by staying apart. It goes against much of what we hold dear and what we've been taught and know how to love. But an incarnation isn't about physical closeness, not just about physical closeness. It is about the ways in which we come together, even over distance. It's the love in our voice when we phone each other, the care typed into an email or written into a letter, the wave across a distance, the smile we share, the prayers and love we offer. Incarnation vibrates through our bodies as we sing and internally for now, as we sing internally our songs of hope and resonate in us, the songs of hope resonate in us and through us as we live in tune with God's holy dream that Christmas embodies. Many, many years ago, more and more each year, many years ago as a preteen, I came to appreciate how much our senses are part of worship, how worship is an embodied act. The many years that I've spent since as part of the church have taught me the second part of that lesson. We take in worship through our senses, through our body, and we go out into the world to live, to incarnate, to embody the good news in our lives and our relationships. We are called to live the story of Jesus' birth and the holy message that God is indeed with us, that the world is such a blessing, that holiness is found in created form, that the Christ light still shines even in the midst of all that we're going through. It still shines and nothing, nothing can ever extinguish it. For Christ is born, 
Incarnation happens, and we are part of the, this truly sacred story. So friends, come, let us proclaim in our lives Christ's birth and the powers of incarnation. Amen, and thanks be to God. One of the many ways in which we live the incarnation, live the good news of God, is in the sharing of our gifts. Our sharing of our gifts with our church and with our world, our gifts of time, talent, love, food, prayer, and money. We share because we know we have been gifted. We've been gifted with great love from God that is made known in Jesus. As we remember all the gifts we share, let us pray. Holy God, at Christmas you remind us that you take the simplest things and make them holy and make them life-changing. We offer you now our gifts, our gifts of time, talent, love, prayer, food, and money, and more. Bless them and guide their use that they may be expressions of your love in our church, in our community, and in our world. And Holy One, you come to us in the simplest and most powerful ways, incarnate in a baby, made known in love and justice, bringing wisdom, meaning, healing, and purpose into our lives and this world. Be with us as we offer our prayers this morning. Guide us as we embody your love, as we go out into the world to share your love in word and action. We hold in prayer today all students who are returning to school this week, for educators, school staff, and parents, for grandparents and family members. We pray for all who are struggling in this holy season, struggling with the loss of a loved one, with unfulfilled dreams, with addiction, physical, and mental health issues. We pray for all who are in hospital, for those awaiting surgery, those who are sick, and those who are dying. We pray for all who are struggling during this pandemic, for those who have been infected and those who are self-isolating, for healthcare providers, hospital staff, support workers, family and friends, for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health, for our provincial government as they set policy and guide us through this time. For those helping to administer the vaccination and those who are making sure that no country is left behind. For those who in workplace and homes and families have to make decisions for the health and well-being of all. From our regional council prayer list, we pray for Thames Road, Elmville, Elmville United Church. In the season, O oh God, you remind us that you are with us. You set your tent among us. You dwell with us in Christ in this moment. Trusting in your great love, we offer our individual prayers to you now. We pray for Gloria and all of Joe Lamont's loved ones, families, and friends.
We pray for our church as we continue to navigate through this pandemic. We join these prayers, O God, joining them with the prayers of all creation, as together we join in the prayer of Jesus, using whichever wording and language is most meaningful to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And for, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And for our blessing today, a prayer from the daily prayers with the Cormelia community in Scotland, a prayer from Pedrigo Tuama. We break from our doings of our day and make space to notice you. You are always with us in surprising guises. Jesus of the flesh, we meet you in worker and friend, stranger and pilgrim, the needy and the needed, the questioner and the questioned. So when we meet you, may we deepen trust, deepen life, deepen justice, and deepen joy. And when you meet us, help us to approach our activities with presence and power, with love and humility, with courage and dignity. Amen. Friends, let us go with the good news of incarnation flowing through our lives. May we know that God is with us. May God comfort us, strengthen us, and lead us. And may we see the face of Christ in everyone we meet. And may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us. Let us go in love, in peace, and with God. Amen. Thank you.